Hi guys, welcome to Life Lessons Podcast. You're with Donna and Cheryl from Now Is Your Time. And today we've got our guest who is the gorgeous Sarah Escura. Sarah, I <laughs> said that right. Who's in Maui in Hawaii, which I think is one of the furthest away podcasts we've ever done. Welcome, Sarah. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. So guys, you can't see, but Sarah looks like how I imagine people in Hawaii. It's all golden and just lovely and fresh-faced. And it's seven in the morning there, right? So yes. <laughs> I don't like to look so fresh-faced. <laughs> <laughs> You're sweet. So we're really intrigued by your story. Um, and basically your story starts kind of for us anyway, about eight years ago when you were in a relationship, you moved over to Maui and that didn't work. And mm-hmm. you didn't do the thing that most of us would do, which was come home to our mums and, you know, and kind of go back to our old life. You, you just had a different direction, didn't you? So tell us kind of... Yeah what your thought process was when you break up. Yeah, so I moved out here and um, when the breakup happened, I had actually bought a car the day before. Mm-hmm. So I would say that's probably the main reason I didn't leave because <laughs> I felt, okay, well, I just bought a car, so I can't really, mm-hmm. I don't wanna feel, like figure that out and try to get rid of it at this time. So I had to stick in there and I had just moved into a new place, so I couldn't abandon the people I live with. And yeah, I felt honestly very stuck and isolated. Like I couldn't, like I honestly couldn't leave. And that just forced me to come up with a solution that didn't involve running away from my problems, which I was so used to doing. And did you Um, feel really connected to Maui? I know it was about the car, but did you feel like I'm where I'm supposed to be? Um... I honestly had no idea where I was supposed to be. I just was so devastated by so many things that I realized coming out of that, that I just felt paralyzed. And I, you know, I was just trying to figure out the healthiest way to move through the pain so that when I got to the other side, I would be a better person instead Mm of, I just want to get away from this as fast as possible. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So tell me, just talk to us then a little bit about that journey. So you're thinking, right, I've got a car, I'm going to have to stick it out. Uh-huh. Not easy, because did you have like a lot of friends there or much of a network of support? I had some friends. I had been out before um, for about six months. So I had some connections. I had one best friend that was moving out, but she wasn't going to be there for another month or so. So I felt very isolated. Before I had a car, I was riding my bike everywhere. So I couldn't really even connect with the people I did know. So it was very, very challenging. I did not necessarily feel connected. I didn't, definitely didn't feel like this is where I'm supposed to be. I just felt like this is where I am. So I'm going to have to make it work. (laughs) Yeah, basically it was, that was a very painful part of it too, because it would have been very easy to just go home, you know, to just leave. Mm-hmm. But I felt like I couldn't. So okay. And what's great is that you 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 said no, it's not great. You felt stuck, isolated, and paralyzed. That isn't great. Yeah. But actually, yeah. you said that you you don't want to be the victim, so you wanted to move through the pain in the healthiest possible way. So right. How long did that take you, and what did you do? Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So, I mean, it probably took. I would say it took over a year just for all the things that needed to be healed. And some of them came from the breakup and some of them didn't. They were just things that I'd always been living out, not even realizing until that time. So I would say the process was me understanding I haven't been myself 
and I have been living for years trying to just make other people like me, which I didn't realize until this time how bad it was, you know, because I love um, peacemaking and hosting. And so I just thought this is who I am. Making people happy is who I am. And that's part of who I am, but it was definitely at an unhealthy level the way I was living. So I just needed to get clear on who I was Mm -hmm. because I hadn't had time to really clarify that for myself. And so I really simply made a list. Like I wrote down a list. Who do I want to be? What are my core values? Um, And at that time I hadn't been living from the core values I wanted to have. So I wrote down things that I wanted to see in my life. And when I made that list, I will say an important thing is if anyone wants to go through this process is not to make a list um, of a person you don't recognize, but of a person you've always wanted to be that those things are inside you. You just haven't made the connection of what they look like acted out, if that makes sense. So when I made the list, it wasn't someone I didn't realize. It wasn't the ideal person I could dream of in the world. You know, it was me. Um, It was but. No. But you know what I'm interested in though, even before, because I'm really excited to talk about the list because I love a list. Yeah. When you said like I just realized I wasn't being me. Yeah. Can you remember no, what, but what how did you know you weren't being you? Because so many people a big part of our mission is to help people to kind of wake up and realize that they're wearing all these masks, they're assuming different identities, they're not really being true to their what we call authentic self, their real values. Yeah. How did you know? Was it a feeling? Was it a thought? How did that manifest in your life? Well, I kind of, I would recognize it in relationships, you know, even with friends, uh, just that when they would want to do something that didn't feel like it was adding value to me, I would do it anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, I would spend time doing things that kind of made me miserable or things that weren't fulfilling. So I'm very quality time oriented. So when time is spent, Um, with people but not deepening a connection I find that really stressful it doesn't like make me feel like anything was accomplished I would rather be alone doing something I enjoy than being with people not being able to deepen a connection so that was how many people that are listening to this today thinking well I do that and yeah you should never do something for other people because there's always balance and compromise but when you are disproportionate amount of your time right doing things get making yourself miserable and stressed to keep everybody else happy then it's when the scales aren't balancing right right yeah absolutely exactly because yeah now that I'm married I do always have to do stuff I don't want to do like clean the dishes when it's not my turn or wake up with a baby when it's not my turn and you know it's it's definitely something that those things I can feel fulfilled in because I know I'm adding to our relationship and I'm giving a gift to my husband when he needs something and he does the same for me. So those things do add to our relationship, if that makes sense. That's like an investment. I wasn't thinking that it was a gift when I did the recycling this morning when my (laughs) but now I'm going to think that was a gift when I gave him. You know, (laughs) yeah, it's just, I feel like it's like little deposits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're saving them up. Yeah. Who knows how I feel about having to touch recycling bins? It was not a good day in the house this morning. <laughs> oh gosh, that sucks. <laughs> he will be reminded of the gift that I've given. Him. <laughs> oh, just wrap an empty box and leave it for him, and put a note <laughs> of what you did. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you have this real you realize you spend all this time, all this energy that you're never going to get back, keeping mm-hmm. everyone happy, and yeah. then 
I want, where did the idea of the list come from? Because I'm fascinated by this. I did something similar and I, it was yeah. really read, so I'm just curious. Okay. I, yeah, I think for me, I'm, I'm very like logically oriented. I love writing things down. I love writing out strategies and plans and goals and organizing things. So for me, when I started thinking, okay, who, like, who do I even want to be? Like, if I could be anyone, I have a pretty good um, platform for starting over here. I don't have super deep connections. I love Maui, obviously, because who couldn't? Um, and I could really go anywhere if I want to. But for now, I'm going to start here and just focus in on changing who I am into who I want to be. And for me, it, it just was easy to write things down. I like writing things down. And I was um, trying to journal everything at that time as well. So it kind of just went along with the theme. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, so journaling was something I did a lot as well, which I had never honestly journaled before. I was always journaling with the idea that someone might read this. So I need to make sure it's good in case yes. yeah. I always had this fear someone would read it. Mm. Yeah, I love that. So the questions were like, who am I and who do I want to be? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I just was wondering, what are my core values? What are the things that I absolutely want to live by? And I'm willing to change my decisions to meet this list. And I actually, I have it like just in front of me because I wrote it down nicely so that I could display it. And I would read it every day at that time. And so I still keep it in front of me so I can remember this is where I'm going. These are the things that I would like to be living by. Mm -hmm. And um, I don't use it as a punishment method for myself. I just use it as this is a measuring stick. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm never going to be in trouble or I'm never bad if I'm not living this perfectly. You know, it's just reminding me, Hey, are you sticking to who you are? Are you sliding back into pleasing people? Are you going a different direction? This is where we're going. Mm -hmm. I love it. And I like the yeah. visual. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. It's like a cross between an affirmation, a mantra and an intention, isn't it? You've yep. tested it by focusing mm -hmm. on where you want to be, not judging yourself because of where you are. Just like, yeah, I am here. It's not where I want to be, but I want to be right. and I'll work out how to get there. Right. Yeah. So what were the shifts then? What happened? Once you had that list, you asked yourself those questions. Mm -hmm. what, what then happened? What changed for you? Um, everything changed because I would wake up every morning, like I said, and I would read that list. It was always in front of me. Um, I usually spent the morning journaling. So it would be the first thing I would read. Uh, I would write down, how I felt like I was doing living towards that. Um, if there was an area I could pr improve, if there was something I feel like I missed the mark and how I could make an adjustment the sec the next time. Um, and I definitely, I would say the main shift was in how I was spending my time mm -hmm. because I am extroverted. So I love spending time with people but I'm also very, very quality time oriented. So the time I spend with people can be unfulfilling if it's very shallow or I feel like I haven't gotten to know them better or we haven't been able to grow our relationship. I don't know how to support them. Um, so I was spending a lot of time uh, with friends. We were just in a very movie watching phase, which is totally fine. I have nothing wrong with movies other than I don't really want to watch movies because they're too long <laughs> and boring for me. But just that to say we would spend so much time deciding on a movie, then we'd watch a movie and no one was talking, you know, you're just sitting in a dark room with your friends, which is great. Mm. I didn't have anything else happening. You know, I wasn't in a relationship or married at the time, but 
it just, I would leave feeling, wow, I kind of feel like I wasted my time because I didn't really get to talk to anyone. You know, we, we watched a movie and maybe it was good. Maybe it wasn't, but I usually felt very bored. Mm. And so I just had to start asking myself if I'm going to, which is one of my core values, deepen my relationships with people and learn how to support them and encourage them. I can't watch movies three nights a week. That makes no sense, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so when people would call me and ask me to watch a movie in a group like that, I started saying no and offering another option to hang out with that person. Um, you know, so instead of just saying, no, I'm not going to be friends with you unless you stop watching movies. I don't know. Some people may do that, but what I just did was say, can we go to the beach together where we can actually see each other's faces and talk or go surf together where we can have a conversation and, uh, have coffee, you know, those kinds of things. And that just started shifting how I was relating to my friends even. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that was huge for me because I started feeling more fulfilled. I felt like I could give to relationships rather than just showing up and, you know, it didn't really matter what you were going through or where you were going. Yeah, absolutely. How did you, and I think this is um, a point for people listening. How did you remember, remind yourself to keep Mm -hmm list to write your journal and to because a lot of us we start an affirmation or we start something and we do it for a week and then we just go back to the norm so you've committed to this and then you've created a new habit which is then Mm -hmm. changed the way you live how did you get like make that habit happen right um for me I think it was pretty easy because I was in so much pain (laughs) I was in so much emotional pain I knew that this is my way out So do I want to get out of this pain in a healthy way and move forward? So that is, that's what kept me. I had it at the front of my journal and I, I just really needed time to express and like, just kind of get out all my emotions before the day started. So they wouldn't come out on someone else in a weird, like unhealthy way. Mm -hmm. So that was, it was just always in front of me. And that was something I really needed at the time. So it was very easy to journal and get up every morning and spend time by myself. Um, I would say if you're not in pain, that's amazing. And the best way for you to have them in front of you is just put them at your desk or on your refrigerator because your mind always remembers things you write down. And if you see them, you don't even actually have to read them. They just kind of come to your mind because you've written them down. It marks it in your brain as important. That's how I always describe it. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I keep it in front of me still because I I just can see it and remember, okay, that's, I have a list of values that I'm living my life by. Um, Yeah. So I think even just seeing it, even if you didn't try to change how you were making decisions, just seeing it would start changing your life because you'd be reminded, you know, of where you're going. And it's a really powerful, so in your case, because what Cheryl always says to people is you are either moving towards something or moving away from something. Right. Towards something, it's more powerful because it's a pull rather than mm-hmm. you can have more resistance sometimes. Yours actually is a little bit of both, that you really yeah. don't have that place anymore, and you wanted to be something in front of you, like you said, like it was yeah. like physically, I know, but emotionally it was something right. towards. So yeah. that's a really strong accelerated. It's, yeah, massively. Mm-hmm. So what yeah. did, and a lot of people ask us as well when we're coaching them to, because often they're really motivated to change, but mm-hmm. the people around them are uncomfortable with this level of change because all of a sudden yeah. they just want to sit and watch the movie or vegetate yeah. or whatever, and you're like, no, I want to surf, which yeah. 
you're even more fabulous now because you surfed the walking back to that. How did you deal? Did you have find resistance from your friends, and how did you deal with that? Yes, I definitely did. Um, and that's another thing I had been trying to work on in my life anyways, um, which is just boundaries, setting boundaries uh, in a healthy way and um, how people respond to that. Um, so I definitely had resistance and um, I had to recognize that some people that I'd already been friends with may not like who I was becoming. Mm -hmm. Um, and sometimes that's just because others aren't willing to grow in that, like in that time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes we can sabotage ourselves when we see other people growing the way we want to grow. So it was mostly me setting boundaries with people about what I was going to do. That's, that's how I, I decided I would set them instead of saying no to someone or saying, I don't want to do that. I would say, I'm going to do this, you know, and that way it's on me. And if they weren't interested in that or they didn't like it, that was okay. I had to be okay that people wouldn't like it, which was really challenging for me. Cause again, like the people pleasing coming in, having someone mad at me when I'm trying to do the right thing was <laughs> really, really challenging. Yeah, yeah. But I just had to remind myself, I am going to be fully me. So that means some people might not like it. People didn't like me when I wasn't being myself. So I might as well have people not like me for being myself. You know, it just makes more sense. Yeah. I might as well have people not like me for being myself. I love that. It's such a lot less work. Yeah. And this is what we keep saying to people is it is draining when you are trying to be something that you're not, but when you've been trying to be something you're not for such a long time, you actually think that that's you. (laughs) Right. Totally. I am. I just say, I'm happy. Well, that's not about Giovanni. You're actually making yourself miserable. Right. Yeah. In the making of that. And yeah, it affects your health. It affects your mental health, your physical health, your emotional health. And it Mm -hmm. is exhausting trying to be something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely, I mean, it was definitely hard to change just for me. Um, so, I mean, when other people are in the mix, it definitely makes it way more challenging and you have to have grace for yourself making mistakes and then grace for other people, how they're going to respond um, and try, you know, cause some people that have a problem with it, you can't push away. You might be married to them. They might be your family. And so you have to find a way to have a middle ground where they can meet you and you can meet them yeah. without compromising who you are but still compromising what's important for both of you. Absolutely. And we've just Mm -hmm. done a program, like a six to eight week program with a beta group of women who were really working on their imposter syndrome. So working Mm -hmm. on, working on having boundaries and dealing with challenge and external perception of change was a really big part of what we did with those, that group of women. So like you said, accepting that not everyone's going to be comfortable with it. We said, you know, really communicating as you're going through that process of, you know, I'm, this is why I'm doing this and this is what I'm trying to be and this is what the benefit will be to me and this is what right. I need you. And when you do that, this is how it makes me feel. And just keeping those yeah. like communication open because we're mm-hmm. assuming we know how other people think, assuming mm-hmm. we know how other people are judging us. Mm-hmm. You know, mind, mind guessing, as I call it, not mind reading because you don't right. really know. Yeah. So, 
but when your why, like yours, was really strong, your desire for change and to live a different way was so strong that actually the resistance that you meant, you just thought, I need to deal with this and I, yeah. I want to keep going because going back isn't an option is kind of how it's coming across as you're telling it. So. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So, so, so let's move on then mm. into you start to make changes yeah. and yep. living life as your authentic self. So what happened? Um, yeah, so it probably took maybe six to eight months to feel like I was finally, um, making progress. I felt like I was making progress the whole time, but it felt like I was almost over the hill, if that makes Mm -hmm. sense. Like I was almost, almost to the downhill part where it became easy. Um, making my decisions was much easier because I knew my core values. I didn't have to pause and ask myself, is this taking me closer to who I want to be? Is it taking me farther? I didn't have to ask that anymore. It just automatically was happening, which is why I love the list and seeing it all the time. It just is an automatic thing, which is amazing. And then I started having friends ask to have coffee and we would just end up talking about things happening in their lives that they really wanted to know what I had done to get out of that painful place. And, um, after friends started meeting with me, then they started sending people they would meet to come talk with me about this same thing. And everyone had a different situation happening, but everyone was also highly motivated to move forward from it. Yeah. And so I just ended up having full calendar of coffee dates, helping people with these things. And I just realized people really, really need what, I've walked through this breakthrough that I've walked through and I realized I should start charging for this because people will get a bigger breakthrough if they're willing to invest even more in it. Right. So more than their time. Um, and I've found the more that I charge, the more people get breakthrough because Mm -hmm. you want to use that investment wisely. Right. So it was amazing. It kind of kicked off a coaching business in Mm -hmm. that I would be able to help people walk through those things and, Um, It kind of slowly morphed into talking about small business strategy and helping people get organized um, and helping people really map out steps to reaching their goals, which is kind of what I always had wanted to do. Yeah. I had a psychology degree and I started my master's in mental health counseling. And then I realized this is not the direction I want to go because it's too focused on the mental health side, which is fine, but I wanted to help people get to where they're going, right? Where they really wanted to go. So it kind of morphed into that, which I started wanting to spend time around more entrepreneurs that were doing way better than me so that I could learn how to level up consistently. And that kind of birthed my business, the Maui Collective, which we've been doing events on Maui for um, entrepreneurs, professionals, and we kind of do networking events and workshops and we had a mastermind and just really getting people on island connected to each other because when you work by yourself you have no one to talk to so lonely yeah yeah it's good to have you know I just love to encourage people so I just love inviting business owners to share their stories and everyone is encouraged that no matter where you thought you were going to be and where you started out, it was not a straight line. You know, you didn't just say, I'm going to be this. And you walked a straight line to get there. And that was exactly my story. You know, I thought I wanted to go into psychology and I walked a winding road (laughs) until I got here. And yeah, so it just kind of spiraled into 
coaching and then me wanting to connect with more entrepreneurs and not really finding, um, you know, a networking event that I liked here. And so I just kind of designed my own. Created one. Which, and you yeah. got married and you've had a baby. Got married. Yeah, I got married, had a baby. And it's amazing. I feel like because I was willing to work through all that difficult stuff, we've had so many less um, hard things to walk through because I was focused on communication and boundaries. And in our dating relationship, we really focused on taking care of those things that may come up before we got married so that when we did, it wasn't, you know, amazing. It is. It's amazing. Yeah. And you know, when people are going through really tough times in their life, and we always say to them, you don't want to hear this now, but sometimes from a Gabby Bernstein book that we love, the universe has your back. Sometimes, uh-huh are detours in the right direction right like, yeah that hadn't happened yeah had that relationship and gone like none of the rest of it yeah would have right occurred in your life would have still right. been great no doubt yeah. but that sliding doors moment of yeah that great chance yeah. and i don't yeah. know about you but i often say to my husband because i had a really difficult first marriage um mm-hmm. servant i often say to my husband now who i've got my little boy with if i'd met you then as the person mm-hmm. I was before I had yeah. that experience and found myself and understood my values and put my boundaries up and started up as my authentic self, I would have thrown you away. Yeah. yeah. I wouldn't have recognized the matched values in you. Yeah. Right. I yeah. don't know if you feel the same with your husband you, now, but I would never have. You yeah, definitely. Authentic self. No, I was living as I was pleased and I was a people pleaser from being a young child and was just living. Yeah. yeah. It was exhausting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I feel the same way for sure. Mm. Yeah. So what would your life lesson be then? If you could get one, a hold of one person who might be going, resonating with your message now and saying, this is me, I'm just going through my life doing everything else to keep everybody else happy and mm-hmm. I'm not really in my own skin. What would your life lesson advice be? Uh, I would say that my life lesson advice would be that you actually do have the power to decide where you're going to go. You have the power to decide who you want to be. And again, that's with my caveat of not the best person you can create in your mind, but the best version of yourself and the things that are important to you, the dreams you have, you really can go in that direction Mm -hmm. and you're the only one who can do it. You know, no one else can force you. Um, You're the one that has to make the decisions and do some of the hard work, which is what we try to avoid. So I guess, yeah, also just not avoiding those hard moments because I feel like those hard moments are those sliding doors of opportunity. You know, it's like, what are you going to do in this time? This, this will actually determine what your next season looks like, how you deal with this difficult thing. Um, and the thing is that is it's you, you have got the power. Like, yes, oh, yeah. on you, it's your accountability, but that means yes. you have to have a different life. So yeah. Yeah. You're not a victim master of your destiny well sarah thank, thank you, you so much it is yeah thank you and obviously if you need us to pop in over to maui and come to one of your networking events like yeah you know, we could arrange that <laughs> feel free feel free you you can both speak that would be amazing that would be amazing thank you so much sarah thank you